and welcome back to a fresh episode of the Business Growth Show. I'm your host, Sam Dunning, co-owner over at webchoiceuk.com. And if you haven't yet, check out our weekly email where we share actionable marketing tips, useful podcasts, free guides, bonus resources, and much, much more every Monday to start your week off with a bang. You can sign up over at businessgrowth.email. So joining me today, we've got Tim Clark. Tim's a CEO and co-founder over at Uncrushed which is a platform and community for mental health awareness. Very warm welcome to the show, Tim. How's it going? Thank you. I'm good, thank you. It's always good to hear another British voice. I'm, I'm kind of sad you're not in the Superman outfit today. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I was hoping I got away with that on LinkedIn a while back, and uh, the last few people I've chatted to have been bringing it up, so I think the Superman outfit's going to have to make an appearance in a future podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if, you, if you're on LinkedIn, look out for SEO man or, or on the YouTube, you'll you'll see it lounging about and uh, have a have a good laugh. But yeah, looking forward to the, today, Tim. We're going to be chatting all around prioritizing mental health and how it impacts sales performance. Um, so first and foremost, a very open-ended question to kick off the convo: What? How does mental health really correlate? How does it relate to to sales? Yeah, well, um, last year in 2021. Uh, Uncrushed Sales Health Alliance with Jeff Risley and Richard Harris. We partnered up and we ran a survey on the state of mental health in sales. We surveyed about 700 people. Uh, and the, from the respondents, three and five said that they were struggling with their mental health. Wow. Uh, and through this report, and we'll talk about where to get it later on, it's all free. Um, there's, there's a clear correlation, not a big surprise, clear correlation between if you have good mental health, you're doing better at sales. Uh, we found that salespeople with the best mental health are three times more likely to rate their sales performance as very good or excellent uh, compared to those with, uh, with poor mental health. I think this has been a, it's been a challenge for a long period of time. You know, um, sales is one of the oldest professions and one of the most challenging professions. And with that comes um, sometimes some challenges. And, and there's obviously stigma associated with saying mental illness. Mm. Um, you know, so when we're talking about this, it, it could be anything from burnout, anxiety, depression, imposter syndrome, uh, through to, to some of the more darker ones as well. Yeah. I mean, that's that in itself, three out of five, it seems like a staggering number. I would have never thought myself that it would have been that high a percentage of, um, of people that struggle with it. So that alone shows that it's an issue. And something that I guess needs to be brought up and discussed a lot more than it than it is right now. Um, so perhaps we should start with some of the main reasons why this this is something that so many of us struggle with, especially in the sales sales frontier. Yeah, I mean, from my own personal perspective, so uh, I'm, I'm currently in marketing. I spent the last eight or so years in marketing, and before that, I spent seven years in in sales. Uh, Vodafone, Rico, Salesforce. Um, and so I always like to consider myself a marketer with a, with a passion for sales. And um, I know for me, you know, growing up in England, working in England, like it was this stiff upper lip mentality. Don't speak about feelings, emotions, just say yes, do everything, uh, be strong, particularly as a male, you know, um, just, just don't process emotions. And so one thing that's really telling for me is is that we even had 700 people responding to this survey. You know, the fact that people are willing now, uh, particularly after the pandemic, to come forwards and, and speak about this. I think it's very telling that the salespeople want change. 
And that change not only starts from within, but it also starts within their leadership and, and within their companies. Yeah, 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 De- definitely. I think, like you say, it's something that's not talked about enough. Um, so hopefully we're going to share some ideas really around if if anyone tuning in has had issues or feels like they, they could be struggling, um, we can give them some ideas and some best practices that work for yourself, Tim, and perhaps people that you've helped. Um, so are there any signs that we should look out for when it comes to our own mental health perhaps we're a sales rep perhaps we're not perhaps we run a business which can be very stressful in itself or perhaps we're a marketer that juggles many many things um, and we feel that ultimately it's having an impact on our performance whether that is ourselves our bottom line our revenue Um, I guess initially are there any things that we should be looking out for any signs yeah I mean irrespective of the role life is always going to happen on life's terms and I I'm a big believer it's about how we can face those challenges that, that come through life. Um, and, and that word facing is, is, is pretty key because for me, I, I didn't have a lot of the tools on how to face it. So I just ran from it. I tried to ignore it and suppress it. And I share that uh, back in 2013, uh, I lost my dad suddenly. He passed away of a, a stroke. And uh, I continued working the rest of the day. And then the following day, and I only learned this a few months later on, like I, I was on the phone with my, with my BDRs um, and, and, you know, discussing sales opportunities for them. It was really weird. They're like, wait a minute, what, what are you doing? Like, you know, you've just gone through this big life event. And so that, that was my first way of processing it or dealing with it was to avoid it. Right. And so I think uh, avoidance can come in many forms. It could be through work. Uh, could be through social media, could be through drugs, through alcohol. Um, and, and so there's there's no harm in avoidance depending on what the choice is. Mm. So I think to answer your question, one of the first things is just recognizing, like, is there a particularly hard emotion that I'm facing right now? And how am I choosing to face that or, or turn away from it? Um, and just having that period of reflection, like sometimes, particularly in sales, we're moving so, so fast. And yeah. um, you don't see it in, until it's too late. And, and this is where burnout really fits in as well. Like people grind and grind and grind. And there's all these hustle posts. And thankfully, there's lots of anti-hustle posts on, uh, on LinkedIn now. Um, but in my opinion, like it, obviously, everyone can choose how they want to work. And, and kudos to them. For me, it didn't work. Uh, it, or it did for a period of time. And and then I, I burnt out. You know, it's it, it too much. I, I didn't have any... Um, any space yeah 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 um i think with sales as well and, and if you own your business or if you're an entrepreneur um perhaps a small business owner the, the thing is you've, you've always got targets above your head right so and i've certainly been guilty of this in the past like prioritizing trying to hit a number or trying to get enough leads in the pipeline and then trying to bring them over to closure to hit a target that i kind of forget everything else that's going on around me and just focus on that so hard and then it's not really helping because you're putting yourself under so much stress. You're perhaps having an impact on the rest of your family, maybe your friends or whoever's close to you, maybe the rest other people that you're working with. That ultimately, from a long-term perspective, hitting that target for that month doesn't really matter on the impact it's had on your, yourself. Um, so yeah, um, obviously mine's a very minor incident compared to yours, Tim, um, but certainly can can see where you're coming from on that. So in terms of, are there any... Are there any leading um, factors? I guess it varies quite a lot that actually 
tend to tend to cause poor mental health and from the sales front is it is it usually a kind of something massive that impact your life like in your case or is it we're perhaps putting too much stress on ourselves to hit numbers or are there any um i guess common things that we should be aware of that can impact us and that we should kind of like, be, take note of yeah, it, it, it's a great question. Uh, in, in therapy, they talk about big T's and little T's, big trauma and, and little trauma. And and so, yeah, maybe people relate to if they've lost someone or there, there's there's been an accident, you know, something big in their life. But the reason I say it's a great question is because it absolutely doesn't have to be the case. It could be lots of little things as well. Mm. Um, you know, like putting, putting aside the loss, like just the pressure of like be the best at school, you know, getting through being bullied, uh, work your way up and get as, as high as possible in the company, earn as much money, hit it. all these little things. Like they can really, uh, they can really build on you. And, and I love the analogy of like, is, is your glass empty or is your glass full? Um, and yep. a lot of the time that like, these things take away from your glass. And so I asked that, like, what, what are you doing to refill it? And I remember when I had the money, the material things, like, all the great stuff, I wasn't fulfilled whatsoever. You know, I just, I had no happiness whatsoever. And, and then that led me to a journey to go, well, what, what's my why? What, what does fill me up? Uh, and I realized like, I, I don't want work to define me. My personality or my personal identity and my work identity was completely intertwined, you know? And, and that, again, I think that helped me for a long period uh, in, in starting my career and moving up. Um, so not putting it down, but long-term, like I, I'm more than, more than my job. Yeah. That's a great, great way to look at it. Um, yeah, I mean, burnout's probably, burnout's probably one that, that hits a lot of sales professionals, especially small business owners and probably larger business owners too. Um, perhaps and feel free to share your own experiences, Tim. Um, what are some ways that you've found if, if you do feel like, everything's getting too much if you feel like you're working all these long hours if you feel like everything's getting on top of you are there any ways that we can i guess shift the burden and any practices that you recommend to to help people that are feeling that way yeah so there's a few things i think one just looking at what can you do for yourself and for me i think the biggest thing is boundaries putting right. in place particularly now like a lot of people um are working from home mm -hmm. uh perhaps you have kids at home uh perhaps you're caring for for elderly or other loved ones in your family um and so zoom can just kind of blend into the rest of your day yep um i know for me personally like a lot of the time i wasn't getting out of the house um and i, I just worked all the time and so I, the first kind of tip is take a step back figure out like what's your start time what's your end time Maybe it's not as uh, as rigid as that. Like you might have blocks of time. Maybe you want to go work out for a period of time. Maybe you want to go take a walk with the dog. Um, but but physical movement is, is is great. And I also just love to to shift my energy. And I, I it sounds a little woo woo, but I've now been to a Tony Robbins conference, and uh, you know he he talks about before getting on a call or before on, on a video call, just stand up, jump around, move your body, like just shift some of your energy because it's really this, this correlation between uh, what's going on in your head and, and in your body and, and your body retains that. Um, so I think that that's within the individual. Um, yep. Certainly if someone's struggling, highly encourage them to reach out for help. Um, okay. And, and even that, 
that sounds serious to me as I, as I say it. So let's just, let's just make it a little easier. If you have something going on in your head, like I'm angry, I'm resentful. Oh, this is stressful. Oh, I'm feeling so much pressure. Just talk to someone about it. Um, and I, I love this saying that when, when you share something, you divide the pain and you multiply the joy. It just really halves these challenges when you share it. And I think we all need connection. Um, so that, that's the individual. The second thing is then it, building on that, speaking to someone, is, is looking at what's your relationship like with your manager. And I think for any managers listening, like hopefully you are creating an environment where people can come forward and can come speak to you. And I appreciate that it is challenging. You know, now I'm the marketer and I'm like, oh, you know, it's prioritized mental health over sales. I appreciate that you have to hit quotas and you know you have to hit deliver revenue performance. However, there's still a way to do it in terms of treating someone as a human and not just a number. And there's some great people out there that, that really talk about this. Like Ian Cognac, for example, he, he focuses a lot on, you know, you're more than your number. So as a manager, you're creating an environment for your employees to come forward to speak to you, perhaps out, outside of work stuff. It doesn't mean you have to deal with therapy stuff. Uh, like hardcore issues, but just just saying, hey, I'm not okay today, or maybe I, I need some support. Yeah, yeah, all, all great, great points. I mean, the the routine one, first of all, kind of breaking up your day. I mean, I've I've done that. I'm sure many people tuning in have done that. Where you've just jam packed your day with calls, Zoom sessions. Perhaps you're building proposals. Perhaps you're doing follow ups. Perhaps you're doing other bits and pieces with your team. And then before you know it, you've missed your workout. You've missed your walk. You've missed lunch. <laughs> you've missed yeah. everything else. And you think, where the heck's the day gone? you feel drained and then you realize you've still got more stuff to do and plan for the next day. Um, yeah. So yeah, breaking up those kind of getting those breaks in, getting some, some movement, making sure you're hydrated, getting enough food and all those good points are so important. Um, so I don't know about you. I find if I'm staring at a screen for too long, I start to get frustrated and I don't even realize it until I move away until I get outside. Then I realize, cool, that everything doesn't seem as bad as it was. Now I've kind of, walked about had a workout or had a run or whatever it is for five ten minutes my, my mind just feels so much fresher and i feel less worked yeah. up and frustrated yeah physical exercise has, has, has been a one that i've avoided for a long period of time i've done a lot on my own mental health uh and then recently you know i just changed jobs and i decided to take a month off in between uh in between those two jobs yeah. uh which i appreciate is a is a big privilege to be able to do that um the way that I used that time off was to build a new routine, uh, which incorporated the physical exercise. And so now that I was doing it for three, four weeks, and I'm in, you know, week one of my new role now, like I've been consistently getting up uh, and, and, and getting some form of movement. My Peloton is finally getting used after goodness knows how many years. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was interesting for me. Like I felt this resistance uh, I'm procrastinating about like, oh, I don't want to get on the bike because there's so much effort. Uh, but then as I started to build that routine, now it's like I, I want to do it. And then using technology to support, you know, like I have an Apple Watch. And there's yep. lots of other great technology that's out there. And, and I got accountability and connection with others, you know, just to kind of motivate me throughout throughout the day. But the other thing with Zoom is um, it's very fatiguing to have your video on uh, and your audio mm. on all the day. Yeah. Uh, and so again, like another tip would be for managers, like take a walking call or use a phone instead of a laptop. Uh, yeah. So many different options that are available to you. I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's almost become habit that every call has to be a Zoom session. And it's like, well, 
if it, if you don't need to see this person on on camera, why, like you say, why not go for a walk? Just put it on your mobile, your cell phone instead, and that way it breaks it up a bit, and it means you don't have to sit down and get that movement in. So that that makes perfect sense. With sixty to seventy percent of their inbound demo requests never making it to a book meeting. Brian Schuler, ABM and Marketing's Operation Manager at SAS Optics, knew a change was needed. Their inbound scheduling process required sales development reps to go back and forth with prospects to qualify and schedule a meeting before they ever spoke to an account executive. Brian implemented Chili Piper's concierge solution, allowing inbound prospects to book a meeting time in the correct account exec's calendar immediately after filling in a demo request form. Behind the scenes, Chili Piper qualified the lead, routed it to the correct account exec, and booked the meeting in their calendar. Since implementing Chili Piper, they've seen a booked rate on inbound demo requests increase from 40% to 90%, meaning four times more sales meetings and double the amount of inbound pipeline per month. Book your free customized demo today at chilipiper.com. That's C-H-I-L-I-P-I-P-E-R.com. Are you tired of competitors stealing your traffic, leads, and sales all because they're higher on Google? Maybe you're investing in paid ads but want to enjoy the benefits of organic SEO, meaning free traffic and inbound customers and not having to pay Google for every single click. Or perhaps you're running SEO and ads, but your website is failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a steady flow of qualified sales leads. Any of this sound familiar? Let the team at WebChoice fix that for you. Book a free consultation today at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. Shifting on to the second point, if you're perhaps in a leadership position, perhaps you manage a team, maybe you've got a team of sales reps, um, you're talking about kind of creating an open environment where people can come forward if they feel like they've got issues, um, if they're struggling with something. Is that easier said than done, Tim? Have you got any other examples of perhaps people that you've worked with or any success stories where you, you know this, is, this has worked well perhaps for leadership positions where they've kind of really seen a change in their, their team or perhaps they've had examples where people have, have been struggling and they've really kind of helped get them on the right track? Yeah, it's interesting. We One of the questions we asked in the survey was reflect on the time in your sales career where, when you felt most engaged and motivated. And the top three factors were you felt supported by your leader or manager, you felt recognized and valued by your company, and you felt like you had autonomy and free will in your role. Uh, and and all of these things, I think, tie back into the culture of the company, the, the leadership style. Um, one of my favorite books to recommend in this area is, is Dare to Lead by Brené Brown. Uh, okay. and, and she really emphasizes the importance of, of leading with vulnerability. There's a ton of research around this. Uh, Ginger, I think Headspace acquired Ginger. Um, and, and they've got a lot of research on, on the impact of leaders leading with vulnerability. However, they're also concerned that it will impact how people think of them. And so first right. of all, it's a personal choice for someone like, Okay, maybe you don't want to share the in-depth of everything that's going on in your marriage or, you know, something in your life. Um, however, like as a you, you mentioned, you're an entrepreneur, like perhaps you're working in a startup, like 
maybe just sharing, I recognize this is a really challenging time right now. Like sometimes I feel burnt out in the evening uh, and this is what I do to, to take care of myself. And it, it just normalizes some of these conversations. Now, thankfully, like a lot of uh, companies, they offer employee assistance programs. And so if it's someone that is struggling, that, that needs some sort of professional support, the, the key uh, role for the leader is to connect people with that with that employee assistance program to connect them with that support. However, like in the US for Mental Health America, 60% of the people uh, that uh, say they have a challenge with mental illness don't reach out for help. And so I think it there's a massive focus before someone asks to go to the EAP, like they need to speak to the manager and, 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 and maybe it might just be asking them how they are, not once, but twice. You know, the instantaneous response when I go, hey, how are you? Oh, I'm good. You know, and, and actually, how do we go a level deeper than that? And so sometimes I like to to say like, hey, look at look at the traffic light system. Maybe just check in with your team where you are at red, orange, green, um, and, and just gauge where, where the team is at. And to specifically answer your question, I've, I've had some amazing leaders at Salesforce over the years uh, that, have, that have really helped me. And I, I felt seen. I felt heard. Um, and they also have some amazing employee resource groups as well uh, for for people to connect with each other. I think all of this, like the common theme, is 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 connection and support. Yeah. And do you think that if people are in a leadership role and they are managing some kind of team, do you think they should be open with the team as well to perhaps encourage them to open up a bit more? And perhaps if they are struggling to, whether that is saying, look, this is this is something that I struggled with a while ago. Um, and so if you are, if you are having issues, if you are feeling under pressure with your sales targets, or if you're finding work hard, if you, if everything's getting on top of you, then feel free to kind of chat to myself or someone we've designated in the team. And because I know I've, I've struggled with this as well. So is it more about them being open or is, is that perhaps not the way to look at it? Uh, I, I think it is, um, with, with a caveat, which I'll, which I'll touch on. So I think vulnerability breeds vulnerability. Uh, you need to create a space for people to be vulnerable. And if, if you don't connect on that level, like hopefully they'll, they'll connect with someone else in the team. But between two people, you, you need to set this, this scene of vulnerability. The, the caveat is that I appreciate um, that me being a white male is one thing to, to share my story. And then when we look at other genders, other races, uh, there are multiple levels of stigma associated with mental health. And so I appreciate that it's not going to be a one size fits all, you know, because the risk of discrimination is extremely real. Um, I also think there's a generational shift as well. Uh, I think for, you know, for some like the millennials, Gen Z, uh, I think people are more willing to speak openly about, about their mental health. And, and I think they want to as well within uh, you know, we, we've seen right now with the great resignation, so many people are changing jobs, particularly in sales. I've changed jobs. Uh, I think a lot of people want to work for a company uh, that has this leadership style that we're talking about, uh, yep. that also has a, a culture of of being able to bring your full authentic self to work, not having to be like, well, this is the work, Tim, and everything else just kind of I, I keep behind the curtain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah that those those points will make sense now. With that said, um, we touched on this a bit earlier, but with, in terms of sales targets to to grow a business, we we all need to to set sales targets. We need all have revenue goals. 
And if we fail to hit them, there's there's going to be some kind of knock-on effect, whether that's as a sales rep, it's going to affect your commission, whether that's as a manager or a business owner, it's going to affect the growth of your company. Um, how do we empower our team to say, look, we've got this number to hit and we need to do X, Y, Z to make it happen, but at the same time, not stress them out so much that they think their life depends on it. Um, is there a balance that we need to consider? Have you any Have you any recommendations to how to get that? Yeah, I, I think that there's one mentality that in order to, you know, increase the amount of leads, you do more outreach and, you know, close more deals. Like, how do you hit your numbers? You just do more work. And actually, there's this other mentality of saying, well, wait a minute, if people on your team are feeling healthy, they're feeling refreshed, they're feeling energized, they're actually going to do a better job. I, I don't think more has will equal better. And so I think to answer your question, like there's an opportunity here, like go do a team building exercise. You know, I know, again, it, it's easy for me to say in, in marketing, but even just taking like an hour out, you know, do it on Zoom, like do something to to just go back to those those things that uh, that help salespeople feel most engaged and motivated. They feel supported, they feel recognized, they feel valued, they have autonomy and free will. Like go value your team, go do something fun with them. Uh, and, and I think that will just charge them up. And, and John Barrows put out this video a couple of days ago uh, about actually giving a shit. And he was talking about how, how one of his team's numbers, you know, fell flat at a certain point. Um, yep. and, and he was emphasizing, you know, you need, you need to give a shit. You need to really, really care. And I, I think if you're exhausted and burnt out, you're not going to care. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, guess it's keeping your team like you said, energized, motivated and keep them happy and not, not always doing work. And like you say, if you can get the chance to do these team building exercises, get them out of the office, get them um, doing some fun stuff together. Like you said, yeah, I suppose even, back refreshed. Yeah, even like one thing I, I love that we've done with the team is uh, particularly during the peak of the pandemic, we, uh, we put together this slide deck and each team meeting would be like, everyone would have a slide in a minute to say one thing that they did last week. And it could be a, a photo of their kids. It could be something that they've watched on TV. Yeah. Uh, maybe they cook something. And again, it brings people together. You get this connection uh, with each other. And I think this connection, like perhaps you're a new BDR, you know, and I, I know there's some great technology with like Gong and Chorus, how you can start to listen to some of these other sales tools and obviously different cadences and outreaches hmm. that are available. Um, but you still need connection like with, with your teammates. I know when I was in sales, it was like little black book. You don't, you don't share anything, you know, it's just kind of pre having a CRM in place uh, and, and kind of a lone wolf, you know, maybe if you're lucky, you get a ride along. Um, now, like, I think, you know, you want to connect with your teammates. Yeah. Yeah, of course you do. Especially as most of us now are working from home, we're, we're perhaps stuck in the same office for eight hours, perhaps longer a day. So those those little things that can break it up as and when you can, uh, yeah. And, nice. and the amount of people that have joined new companies, you know, whether particularly in the in the frontline sales roles, like so many mm. people have changed. Mm. And I know for me, like uh, a couple of years, a couple of years ago, um, when I moved over to San Francisco from from London, and I uh, I got to go into the Salesforce offices for the first time, like I felt so connected to uh, Salesforce US offices, I felt so connected uh, to the company, to the culture, and I connected with a few friends who who have started at Salesforce over the last couple of years who haven't been to an office. 
and 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 like people just don't feel as connected with their brand and, and their company unless you do something about it. Uh, and I think that's another thing that managers need to be proactive about now. I, I remember we did some some CRO roundtables last year, and, and they were talking about one of the biggest challenges they're facing is that it's around talent. You know, even where they got to the point where where talent would accept jobs and then they wouldn't turn up for those jobs because uh, they got a better offer elsewhere. Right. Uh, I think you need to create a culture that goes way beyond the numbers. On that point, how, if you're perhaps looking for a new opportunity and you're maybe you're interviewing for a few companies, are there any things that you recommend that we should look out for, Tim, to, I guess, make sure the culture's going to be a good fit, to make sure they're actually going to openly support mental health? Um, there's going to be a community there. So if we do have problems, they're going to help us. It's not just going to be join the company, slammed hard on us day one, and we're, we're working our ass off to hit our number. Um, are there any things that we should look out for from an organization we're perhaps looking to join? Yeah, I mean, thankfully, with uh, with companies like RepView and Glassdoor, you know, the, there's so many great technologies that are out there now that you can get some insights. Uh I think number one is looking at what benefits are available. So this is kind of the, you know, what's on paper, do they have good benefits to to support me? And the thing I would look out for there is are they specifically calling out mental health benefits as opposed to particularly in the US, uh, you know, just health insurance and some of the more standard uh, uh, offerings. Yep. Number two, I think within the interview process uh, is understanding, again, depending on the interview process, perhaps you're meeting some of your peers, perhaps you're interviewing with the hiring manager who, who would be your manager, um, kind of guessing after them, like, what is your leadership style? You know, how happy are people on your team? Uh, on a side note, one of the great questions is always asked to, go, to ask about attainment. You know, how many people are actually hitting quarter or have hit quarter? I think yep. it's a big, big red flag if, if they don't answer that question. Um, and, 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 then the final thing is is just understanding like what what's the work environment and and this is the hardest one to kind of assess but seeing if through your linkedin connections that your primary network your secondary network like do you have other people that work there already and can give you a feel like are people always logged on to slack or whatever messaging platform until 10 p.m at night uh or you know are are people actually working manageable hours and again, I, I recognize as I say that, I hear the, the sales voice in my head. are like, well, look, sometimes you've got to work late hours. Like, I get it. Like, with the RFPs and you, you're coming towards the end of the quarter, like, 100%. But is it, a, is it a constant? Like, are people really just being pressured constantly? Uh, and and again, just to say, like, some people thrive in that. I thrived in that environment for a long period of time. And I definitely credit it with, like, where I've got to in my career. However, I now know after going through certain life events, it's not feasible for me to continue that. And so, you know what, if you think it's, if, if it's a great financial move for you, if you think you're going to hit target and, and you're going to, it's really going to help boost your career, you know, maybe you're going for an AE role or a senior AE role or want to get into sales management, like go for it, you know, but just be very clear with, with what you're buying into. Yeah, I suppose it's about asking the tough questions, especially in the interview process, so you can really understand, look, what's quote, how many people are hitting it, and walk me through what, what a day working in this role is, asking those tricky ones that you might be a little bit apprehensive to ask, and then that's a good point about speaking to people in your network, whether that's on LinkedIn or other channels, so you can actually say, look, what's this actually like working for this company? Can you share insights into what you're doing, how difficult is quota, how 
are they are they providing you with leads or is it all outbound or whatever's relevant to, to the role you're going after? Some really good points. So we've talked a lot about sales and leadership. What about flipping it to marketing? <laughs> are there any um are there any uh any um, I guess anything we should look at for as a marketer, perhaps which is a little bit less talked about in terms of things that could be really stressing us out, really impacting our mental health, any um any things we should be aware of and perhaps we can chat about how to combat those too. Yeah, well, thankfully, Salesforce has extremely high standards uh, when it comes to creative, to brand, to, to product marketing, like uh, across the board. And uh, a story I'll share is that when we created Uncrushed, I tried to br bring those very high standards into the company and that didn't work. Uh, you know, namely because, you know, we weren't, paying people. It's a 501c3 nonprofit, like volunteering. Um, and so I, I think that that saying of perfection is the enemy of good. Um, and so recognizing like as a marketer, I, I had such high standards that sometimes it's okay not to have something perfect and, and get it out there. And I found with, um, you know, the team at Uncrushed, like that mentality was then being pushed onto other people and that wasn't good for their mental health. So I, I share this not only as like an IC, but also as a leader, uh, really just think about, okay, is, is this really required? And I appreciate like, cause that's an example, obviously in the nonprofit world, different when, when you are paying people. Um, but let's, let's look at things like project launches, uh, or, or product launches, you know, when you're getting something to market, are the timelines feasible? And sometimes there's something that's just unavoidable. You know, you need to get it out to to market. Maybe it's a, a partnership or uh, a new feature release. Um, but sometimes just taking a step back and, and asking some of the teams that you're collaborating with, like, it, is this needed? You know, and I mm. think some of the biggest partners to, to marketing, you've got product, you've got sales, you've got customer success. Like sometimes there could be a lot of pressure, and I, th I think one of the biggest skills is, is to learn how to prioritize and how to how to learn how to say no sometimes. I was going to say, is if you're a marketer, probably the the biggest headache headache, the biggest stress, the biggest cause of high blood pressure is sales saying we don't have enough leads. Give us some more leads, Dang of it. and yeah. then uh, you've got a you've got that stress to deal with. Yeah. And... I how about for you though? Like I assume sometimes you have clients that come forward and they, they want instantaneous results. Oh, all the time. Yeah, yeah. They, they those are those are common requests, especially in, in our game. So a lot of what we provide is search engine optimization, which tends to be a long term process of getting websites to organic page one of Google. And when prospects are coming to us saying that we need it in a week or we need it in a month, we we're very upfront in the, the fact that that's that's not gonna happen. Yeah. Um so I suppose it's managing expectations, mm -hmm. which isn't so bad on my side as a agency co-owner. But I suppose if you're because and because I'm long in the tooth, I've been doing it many years. So I've learned what's going to cause me stress and how to manage customers and all that good stuff. Um, I suppose it's being aware. And also, if you're not necessarily in an agency, if you're in an internal outfit as a marketer, you might not have that privilege. Yeah, it, I mean, it's definitely a skill to, like you said, like you've developed, you know, and, and through experience. And so particularly for any new marketers that are starting here, and I know now marketing, you can come from many different backgrounds, like in sales and customer success and product, et cetera. And so just, just listening to your words there, like it's uh, it's a big skill to, to develop and not to put that pressure on yourself.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Certainly, I guess from a marketing front, learning to not always, and it's going to be difficult if you're in a more junior role, um, but not always accepting or perhaps discussing things a bit more. So if, if sales or leadership do say, look, we need X amount of leads or we need this launch by this date without fail, then having a conversation and saying if it's if it's going to be realistic or not, as there's no point in putting unneeded deadlines or stress on your head if the, if the target is way out the window um, yeah. and having a discussion around it and setting some sensible expectations so everyone's on the same page, you're not stressing out, sales aren't chasing you, leadership's okay. And, and making sure everyone's kind of cooling down and, and being reasonable, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Good. Good stuff, Tim. Look, really enjoyed the conversation today. Yeah, Thanks very much. Good. It's been, uh, yeah, been really useful and shared some great insights around how we can keep our mental health in, in shape. So with that said, please do tell us more about how everyone tuning in can learn more about yourself, more about Uncrushed, and the best way to get in touch. Yeah, uh, so they can follow me on LinkedIn. Um, that's probably the easiest platform to to message me on. Um, you know, particularly if if anyone's struggling, uh, you know, feel free to to just share that with me if you feel comfortable and feel really connect you with someone. I'm happy to do that. Uh, and then from an uncrushed point of view, you can go to uncrushed.org. Uh, all of our content resources uh, are available free of charge. We've got the uh, state of mental health uh, in sales survey that we did with Jeff Risley and Richard Harris. Uh, available on the website. Uh, so check it out and, and please let us know. You can also follow us on all the uh, primary channels uh, like Uncrushed uh, on LinkedIn uh, if you want to engage with us. Nice one. Excellent stuff, Tim. So we'll put all of those links over in the show notes over at businessgrowth.marketing. And with that, I want to thank you once again for coming on. Yeah, thanks so much. No worries. And as always, if you did enjoy today's episode, why not leave us a quick rating or subscribe for actionable marketing and business tips each and every week. And with that, we should catch you on the next one. Cheers.